0: Just open up your eyes and join me. Cause I've been living in the sunshine. Happy such a nice time. Sipping iced coffee as the world dressed by me. Living in the sunshine. Happy
1: such a nice time. Well, it's still turkey season around here. And people eat stuffing until they're stuffed. Turkey because they see it everywhere. It's on sale in some stores. And I thought about. What's really important is it about the cooking, the eating, or the stuffing? <laughs> Are you one of those people like me? You just say, I'm just gonna get a little more because it's so good. Well, I thought about that this morning as I was thinking about the concept of who's gonna say the grace. Remember that expression? If you've never heard it, I understand, I get it. In my family, It was my grandfather by default. It's just the era I'm from. And it was about respect and honor. And hey, that's how we did it in my family. So my grandmother, who was the chef extraordinaire, would cook for two and three days. And guess what? When it was time to eat, she wanted everybody to sit at the table. It was kind of the old-fashioned way, if you will. I know people do buffets now, and everybody kind of scoops out the pot. My grandma wasn't having it, so I grew up with the formal china and all the accessories on the table, like candles and flowers. And it's like, where, where, where are we at? What is this? You know, let's just eat. That's how I was as a child, but as an adult, a mature. Grown up. I see it so differently. I hear it differently now. So what is it that I'm hearing? Hey, Matt, come on in here and turn the thanks. When I was a kid, I didn't know what turn the thanks. I was so literal. What Turn the thanks, huh? I was like, what is that? Oh, oh, we're gonna say the prayer. When you're six years old and all you want is the dressing and the candy yams like I did. I really didn't care about the turkey as a little kid. I just like dressing candy yams. What about you? Hey, that was my thing. And then a little teaspoon of cranberry sauce. That was me. And I didn't like those whole cranberries. Okay. Jelly cranberry sauce for me it was. But my grandfather had to say the grace. Some people call it the blessing. Um, Some people just say, can you say the prayer? Whatever it is, whatever it was for you in your life, your family, it still ended up being this talk with the Lord. And I had an epiphany one day reading a scripture. And most people know the Lord's Prayer. Um, yeah, you know, our fathers are in heaven. I told you a lot of people just recite it. They say it kind of haphazardly, and it's like, yeah, yeah. They go through it almost like it's going through the process of shampooing their hair and throwing conditioner and rinsing it out, right? Yeah, but I had this epiphany one day on the give us this day our daily bread part. Daily bread. Hmm. Well, bread is a big thing even now in the Middle East and other countries over in there. They, they, they do bread a little differently than we do in North America. Now, I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, did you notice how empty the bread section was? Oh, we appreciated bread then. Huh? Yeah, people were putting it in their freezers and they were keeping it and making sandwiches because it could last and stretch out. We appreciated the bread. But now I've noticed the bread aisles are just as full, plenty of bread on the shelves. Why? Because nobody felt deprived. Nobody felt the shortage. So what I've come to realize is that when we have the abundance Oftentimes, we take it for granted. Who are you taking for granted in your world these days as a caregiver? Hmm. Caregivers take people for granted? Uh, Yes, all the time. Um, Did you think about the people that provided your needs for the day so that you could give the care that you need to provide for someone else? Hmm. So when I'd hear my grandfather do the grace turn the thanks whatever you want to call it he always included certain concepts within it now my grandfather yeah veteran navy man over 20 years retired he also was a businessman he also came from the south so i think that living in california for him he appreciated things that maybe i didn't because i was born and raised in san diego I'm used to warm and sunny on Thanksgiving as opposed to some of my friends in Chicago and New York who are trying to dig their way out right now uh, of snow and all the horrible things that they have to go through. So he would give thanks as he would turn the things, And he would identify certain things as something to be thankful for. Here was the thing. I heard him say it for all of us. And he was the representative, maybe the ambassador of the thanks for Thanksgiving. That's now how I see it. My grandfather was thanking the Lord on our behalf for the whole year. (laughs) So what would happen is I'd watch my grandmother's face begin to shift because all she was thinking about is don't let this food get cold, you know, because she had worked for three days, prepping and cooking, making sure the food ended up in the beautiful china on the table, hot. But my grandfather's Thanksgiving prayer often would be over a minute. And by that time, I'd see her take her hand and kind of hold her head and graciously and gently just slowly shake it. Because, you know, when you're a little kid, you kind of don't really have your eyes closed, right? You're still looking around like, when are we going to (laughs) eat? That's what I was doing. So... In that prayer, though, I always noticed he would give thanks for the entire year. Now, I'm not saying my grandfather took the whole time to pray for a whole year's worth of things that we should be thankful for. But what I did notice is that he would go back over the year, kind of season by season, and pick a thing and give thanks for it. And now as an adult, when Thanksgiving comes around... We find ourselves in autumn, in the fall season. And often what I do is I just try to think back to what did I give thanks for back then compared to now? So meaning, wow, what was I thanking the Lord for then, this time last year around Thanksgiving time? Well, one of the things I was thanking the Lord for was my mom being alive. And I'm thankful again that she is alive. And moreover, I'm alive too to give her the care that she needs. One of the things that caregivers often don't get a chance to do because we're super busy is just take some time and give some thanks to the people that support us. So caregivers, this show is dedicated to the people that we need to thank. So yesterday when I took my mom to the doctor, I said, mom, let's thank the doctor. Let's give her some thanks here. It's Thanksgiving season. I said, what would you like to thank the doctor for? Now, my mom has some memory issues. She's got the aging. She's got right brain damage. A lot of challenges. And it really took her about 10 seconds as her doctor gently laughed like, oh, boy, does it look like she has anything to thank me for this year? But actually, my mom said, you know, I want to thank you for being a good doctor because all doctors aren't good now. As simple as that sounds, as almost menial as it sounds, it's true. It's called malpractice. Anyway, so nonetheless, I said, that's a great one. And then I jumped in and I taglined with my mom to the doctor, giving my own personal thanks for the care that she provides. We're in the 21st century. I don't have to take my mom out of the house to have a doctor's appointment. We get to get online, look at the doctor. From our bed. Well, my mom's bed, as I sit next to her operating the computer. How cool is that? Why? Because the doctor said, we can do online appointments and do appointments twice a year in office. So what does that do for me? It gives me, Lorraine, the caregiver, a break from having to what? Dress my mom up, pack her up in the car, or get her on the medical transport, or whatever I'm going to do. But it's a lot of work. And the doctor made the initiative to make those online video visits in consideration of me because she knows how much work it takes for me to get my mom in for a 15-minute doctor visit. Wow. So I thanked the doctor for those online appointments. Now, sure, she's a part of a major healthcare organization and they're providing the service, but what if the doctor had never suggested it We'd still be going into the office. You get it. And I was thankful. I am thankful. What about you? That's just one of the many care providers that provide care both to my mom and myself as the caregiver. So the revelation I had for this year for Thanksgiving, I need to make sure I open up my hand and give. Give what? Thanks. Not just to the Lord, Because I do that every day by his grace. Because his grace is enough, right? That's what it says in 2 Corinthians. Now, some people don't know what the one and the two are about with the Corinthians. and Well, let's do it this way. Make it simple. Paul, he would get what I call a little long-winded in the letters. Yeah. (laughs) And he'd come back and say, and another thing. So, he did that. He wrote a second letter to the church at Corinth. And in that second letter, it's in the 12th chapter in the Bible. It starts at verse 9. He was talking about his own life experience. And he realized that after all of his complaining, after all of his lamenting, all of his griping, you know you griped a lot between last year and this year. Think about it. Give yourself what I call grace and space. Because it's this very scripture that gave me that revelation. Grace and space, Lorraine. You need it. Your mom needs it. People around you need it. Give them some grace and space. Well, what is that? It's the revelation I had, like I said, from reading this passage in Second Corinthians. It's in the 12th chapter. And so Paul was talking about himself. And he said, so to keep me from becoming conceited, because I'm a caregiver. Oh, no, Paul wasn't the caregiver. I just put myself in there as I was reading it. I was like, yeah, because caregivers can be conceited. Oh, yeah. You didn't know? I'm here to tell you. We can be arrogant. <laughs> we can be conceited. We can even be vain. Why? Well, it's about the compare of care. Oh, yeah. And I've told you, watch it. Don't do it. Don't compare. Care. So Paul was saying, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, doesn't that sound a little thick? Yeah. A thorn was given me in my flesh, a thorn. You know, I remember I told you I was the literal kid. So to this day, there's a lot of arguments, debates. Was it a real thorn? Like something stuck in his body or was it figurative? I don't know. You can take that up with the Lord. I take it as I take it. I'm visual, I'm emotional, I'm mental, and I put it all together. And so for me, I took the thorn as something annoying. Ugh. I mean, can you imagine? So to me, that's how I interpret it. And as a caregiver, a lot of things are annoying. But the same Bible. And this same guy, Paul, told me Lorraine in First Thessalonians 5:18, "Give thanks always. In everything, give thanks, in everything, because that's the will of God. That's the way the Lord wants you to be." So remember that Lord's prayer part about give us this day, our daily bread? Well, in that daily bread is the provision of grace. Because see, Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't gotten on the cross, so technically the grace hadn't been distributed fully. So for all you Bible scholars you want to debate about it, just connect with me. It's really easy. Connect at Lorraine Carroll, right? .com. Just go on KPRZ.com. Look up one of 100. There you'll find me. Go to the website. You'll see everything you need. Say what you need to say, but I'm telling you what my experience has been The grace became sufficient, efficient after Jesus died, which is why Paul had this testimony. So the testimony was, again, he was conceited. That was his first confession. Caregivers and givers of care. Because I know people out there listening are like, oh, I'm not a caregiver. It applies to you if you're listening to KVRZ. You're supposed to be a Christian, right? Well, maybe you're not a Christian. Either way, you should care. You should just care. Why? Well, otherwise, you're apathetic. That's a sad place. That's another show. Right now, we're talking about giving thanks because we're still in the season of Thanksgiving. Whether it falls on the 23rd, whether it falls on the 29th, November, January, you should be giving thanks technically all year long. However, we take the season of Thanksgiving to give thanks. Now, Paul, he said that he was conceited. Well, what about you? Are you conceited about other things in your life because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. Meaning you are like, Oh, I'm so outstanding because I do it this way. Uh, I came up with this magnificent plan and it has worked out fabulously. Are you conceited because of that? Yeah. So this is what Paul said. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Now, Satan, (laughs) a lot of people don't know Satan, Lucifer, one in, The same, yeah. Now, if you want to understand why his name became Satan, you do that research, get back with me online. So in the meantime, Satan means the accuser. The accuser of who? The brethren. What brethren? The followers of Christ, the disciples of Jesus, the ones that didn't say crucify him. Because, yeah, you know, there were some people that followed him all the way and said crucify him, yeah. Okay, so keep that in mind. If you're a follower of Christ, diligent, committed to the work, And the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan is coming to lie to you. Lie, L-I-E, because he's the father of all lies. You've heard me say it before. If he's the father, then who's the mother? You remember that? Not the mama. Well, a lot of us, including guys, are the mama. Why? Because Satan is the father and he implants seeds, his seed of lies into your mind and then you birth them by how? Believing the lie, living out the lie. Well, you have a whole Bible called the truth. Have you listened? Have you obliged? Have you cooperated with the Bible? I always say it'll work just like diets. (laughs) You might not like this diet, that diet, that diet, but it has a functionality, a purpose, and it can work. But I always say compare a diet to the Bible. And then see which one will last for you the longest. Hmm. It takes the same type of effort. You have to stick to it. You have to do what it says for it to work. Does that mean you won't cheat? No, of course you're going to cheat. Everybody cheats on their diet. Well, if you're living out your diet for a long period of time, everybody's not going to follow it exactly daily the way they're supposed to. And that's what grace gives us, the space to mess up, to not do it the way it says we're supposed to do it. And that's what Paul said. So he said that that thorn was given to him in his flesh. I told you, for me, it's anything that's annoying, bothersome, irritating. Ugh, that thorn, a messenger of Satan to harass me. This is in the Bible. Yes, Second Corinthians 12th chapter. You can find it. And then I'm at verse 8. He said the thorn was given to him to keep him from being conceited. But at verse 8, three times, he begged, he pleaded with the Lord about this. Look, can you get rid of this thing? Now, this is the Lorraine dramatic interpretation. I'm sick of this. Ugh. That's what we caregivers do. I know I do it because you try it this way. You try it that way. It won't work. Okay, let me find another way to do this. Hmm, this method, that method. So then you look up other ways and see what other people are doing and see if it works for you. And it doesn't work. Now what? What am I supposed to do? And that's what we do when we go to the Lord. We usually come to him frustrated oftentimes, angry, upset, offended, hurt. More than likely, that's when people will, Oh my God! Have you noticed the difference between, Oh my God! And, oh, my God, our tonation and emotions can really make those three words be what they need to be in that moment. (laughs) Sometimes heathens, as my mom would say, atheists will say, oh, my God, out of surprise, happiness. Why? Because it's become a cliche. Oh, my God. Well, some of the old school saints that are listening might say, you're taking the Lord's name in vain. Well, they know that. They don't care. So when you do say whatever you have to say to the Lord about this, because that's what Paul did. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. What is your this during this season of thanks? Have you thought about it? Have you turned it over to the Lord? Now, remember, I told you my grandfather would turn the thanks. I didn't get it. Aha. The epiphany came on this verse, verse nine, verse nine says, but he said to me, who's he God. Paul was talking about what the Lord said to him. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient. It's enough. That's all you need. Grace. But you don't understand, God, I'm having so many problems. This is so stressful. I don't know what to do. I'm so sick of this. It's so fresh and annoying. Oh, my God. That's what we do. Because we're lamenting. And the Lord is like, look, my grace is all you need. I even came up with my own song to help me. And long lines in the grocery stores. <laughs> things I can't control. There's a prayer out there. It's already written. You can read it. Look it up. And it says, God grant me. And it talks about some other things like serenity. But this right here, God's giving To me, hear what I said, the possessive, God's giving to me. Oh, take it in, process it. My grace is sufficient for you, Lorraine, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Oh, got it, God. Yeah, I got it. Mm -hmm. And so Paul changed his tune. After God said that to him, he said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Then I added then. Yeah, I got it, God. That's what he said. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't know about you, but I need the power of Christ in my life because me, Lorraine, I'm weak. Oh, wait a minute. Did you just say you're weak? Yes. Did you? Have you? Will you? When will you admit that you're weak? When will you just say to yourself, you know, confession is the first step to all recovery. The Bible gives us that in James 5, 16. Hey, confess your faults one to another, and then you're supposed to what? This is the part nobody does. They stop at confession. You're supposed to pray for one another after that so that you can be healed. Healing isn't just for your physical body. Healing is for your mind. Healing is for your mentality. Your perspectives. We all have some sick perspectives because it's all rooted in selfishness. Most of what we do is rooted in selfishness. So think about it. Every time you're not in compliance agreement, you're willfully saying, I don't want to. You're willfully saying, no, that is a powerful word. I've even heard some people say no is the most powerful word in the dictionary. Yeah, you might not say no, but your actions say no. Because you don't cooperate. So what I've had to learn is that as a caregiver, as I'm giving my mother care that she needs, you know what? Lorraine, it doesn't matter if she cooperates or not. What matters is how you respond and maximize the grace that you've been given. Because, yes, you're tired. Uh, Yes, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you'd like to go to bed. But she's having this issue and this matter. Yes, you had a long day, but you're the caregiver. God's grace is all you need, kid. That's what I tell myself. And then I tell the Lord, too. Thank you for your grace. I get it now, Poppy. That was my late grandfather. Matt, turn the thanks. (laughs) I get it now. This Thanksgiving season, I'm turning my thanks to the Lord, because that's what he told me to do, to give thanks in everything. So the challenging parts, the difficult parts, the hard days, yeah, give thanks, right. Find a space where you can thank the Lord for his grace, because it's the grace of God that will give you the strength that you don't have. You don't even have the strength to go get some strength. Think about that. You're dealing with people, things, places. They oppose you. They're greater than you. And Satan has some forces out there. They come against you. They might even overwhelm you. But God's grace, that's all you need. Give yourself some space and grace to give thanks in this season of thanksgiving. Remember, the Bible says give and it'll be given unto you. Yeah, give thanks. And don't expect people to thank you. But do expect that the Lord's grace is all that you need. Expect that his grace is sufficient and expect that his grace is enough because you're weak. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? Yes, you're weak. I'll say it for you. Now, you can start practicing right now. If ever you need to practice, jump on KPRZ.com. Shoot me a confession and say, I'm weak. And you don't even have to say who you are. That's enough. That'll work for me. I won't even identify you. I won't even say your email address. But if you want to say some more things and confess your faults, yes, I'll pray for you. I don't have to know you to pray for you. I can see the weakness. I can see the confession. And I don't have to judge you. But I'm supposed to pray. Email me. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. It's real simple. KPRZ.com. Right here on the podcast, you can go listen live online every Sunday morning, 5.30 a.m. for those caregivers getting off work or those caregivers getting ready to go give the care. Yes, remember, I'm here for you. I'm a caregiver. I get it. But in this season, try the approach of giving thanks. Not just for the turkey and the food. Dressing, I told you, is my favorite. But give thanks for the life you have and the care that you give. Even if that person that receives the care can't thank you, switch places and think one day, hey, I might need some care. So you know what? I'm sowing seeds of righteousness. Good stuff. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Don't forget to thank him. Whatever you do in this season of Thanksgiving, make sure you turn your thanks to the Lord. Give him thanks and praise in the season of Thanksgiving. Amen. So be it. So we will come back to you next time right here on One of 100 with me, Lorraine Carroll.